the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 930. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, right here with us today, Larry Rosenthal himself. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you doing today? I'm doing good. You're rocking the red. You look good today. Awesome. Hey, you know, the gnats and the caps, right? <laughs> there you go, brother. <laughs> there you go. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA in the D.C., Baltimore area, as well as our listeners now. They can be considered longtime, too, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Going on a handful of years here. Uh, Sirius XM, nationwide, border to border, and coast to coast, as you like to say, on Family XM, mm-hmm. uh, Sirius Channel. 131. Uh, open mic Saturday, as it usually is on Saturdays, Chris, which I really enjoy. That lets us, you know, audience, just give us a call with any of your financial planning or investment questions at all. It's open mic Saturday. There's no holes barred here. Whatever questions you have on your mind about the economy, the markets, inflation, taxes, um, you know, what's going on in your investment world, insurance, estate planning, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, whatever it may be, give us a call today at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You know, let's uh, let's just break open what happened this past week in the markets, Chris. Mm. Uh, lots of information, lots of stuff. Turbulence, you could call it, or or they like to phrase it as volatility, right, these days. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we've had rising prices this week, jobs reports, fuel concerns, <clears throat> all kinds of stuff going on. Inflation accelerated this past week at its fastest pace, okay, in more than 12 years when the April number came out. Now, one of the things that people have to understand is when you compare these numbers, like you're comparing corporate earnings or inflation or, or, or you know, different statistics, it's usually year over year. So we compared April of 2020 versus April of 2021. Well, what was the economy doing in April of 2020? It was basically shut down, right? Oh, yeah, it was ugly. And now we've got the vaccine. We've got reopening. We've got stimulus. We've got pent-up consumer demand. Now we're starting to see this reflation in the opening of the economy. So we hit the we hit the largest number we hit in in 12 years. You know the CPI index came in uh, it rose 4.2 percent. 
Uh, people thought it would r- rise 3.6%, so it was a much stronger number than what a lot of people thought. Uh, you know, and, and, and so what does that mean? What, 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 is, what does that do for stocks? Well, you think, well, we're getting an expanding economy, so naturally we're going to have a byproduct of a little bit of inflation. Isn't that good? But why are stocks reacting in such a negative or volatile way when it comes to this? And, and the reason why is – when you take a look at, at what the Fed may do <clears throat> if they have to step in and slow down inflation, if inflation runs away wild, which nobody wants that to happen, then the Federal Reserve is going to step in and start to slow down the economy through its different tools and measures, uh, either through their bond programs by tapering that down or by simply raising interest rates. That will sort of tap the brakes on the economy and take a little bit of the, of the grease out of the gears of the economy and slow it all down. A little nervousness in, uh, on Wall Street because of all of this, isn't there? Absolutely. Stocks do not like that at all, especially your, your growth-type stocks, your technology sector stocks, because the return on investment there is a little bit longer than some other types of stocks. So, you know, the, the debate is still out as to is this reinflation that we're getting, is it going to be – so is it going to subside after the initial opening of the economy, after supply chains catch back up to, 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 to today's demand, or is it going to continue? Well, we'll find – stay tuned on that one, Chris. We'll find that out probably middle of the year, July, August, mm. September sometime when, when it goes when, – when, when, you know, it boils down to that, you know. And then we were expecting a huge jobs number uh, in April as well. And we were expecting about a million people to be reemployed, but it came in at 266,000 jobs, which was, you know, not that big of a print. And that is an argument for maybe there's not going to be as much inflation when it when it comes down to it. So, um, you know, but we have had a couple of the uh, uh, Federal Reserve uh, presidents come out and basically say, you know, based off of this information here, you know, it is not time for the Fed to act at all and and the economy still continue to run and expand so you know there's an old adage on wall street chris don't fight the fed don't fight the fed and this wednesday the fed's going to release its notes from last month's meeting so so be interesting to see what they have to say on that people will pay very close attention to that as far as all that goes so you know so that's kind of the, the creation of some of the volatility that happened this past week with uh, infl- with inflation, you're going to see this narrative continue to play out over the coming uh, next several weeks or so. We've been talking about this for a long time. We've been telling our clients about this to expect volatility during the reopening of the economy simply because of inflation pressures. Now, the good news on all of this is when you were reopening the economy, why do people buy stocks to begin with? They buy stocks based off the future anticipated earnings of a corporation, right? So, again, company A, things aren't going well. Company B, things are going great. You want to buy company B stock, right? Well, how are earnings happening right now? So the first quarter earnings so far are coming in pretty strong. Uh, as a result, we've had 457 people out of the S&P 500 report earnings in the first quarter this year. Now, remember. In, in April, May, and June, we are reporting for January, February, March, and, and it's January, February, March of 2021 as compared to January, February, March of 2020, of 2020 right? So we're getting that, that comparison there, year-over-year comparison. You know, it, revenues are uh, – it, it's up 87.1%. 
and and uh, it's beating expectations, which is I'm sorry, it's up 51.3 percent, and 87. Uh, 0.1% have exceeded the expectations on it all. So wow. so blended revenue, earnings, the whole nine yards, the, the reports just look very, very strong and very, very good. So so we've got this happening here. We've got on one side of the aisle, we've got, we've got inflation pressures. Is it going to be rampant and run away, or is it going to start to tame back down again after we get supply chains caught back up in a handful of months? And inflation should sort of mediate its way out. You know? Is that but, the reason the gas is uh, so high at the pump is because of supply chains? What's the deal with that thing? I mean, well, there's two reasons, Chris. One is because of that hack program that happened oh, yeah. right on, on the East Coast. And then the, the first, but the first reason was the reopening. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just a few months ago, just several weeks ago, just a couple of months ago, you weren't out driving around as much as you are today. True. And so there was a lot of demand that came back in. And supply chains have been kind of stalled a little bit. You go go take a look out in the ocean. There's a lot of tanker ships out there. There's a lot of of uh, freight ships out there cruising around trying to get into port. We don't have the workers for that. So so that becomes an issue as well uh, as far as the reopening goes. So supply chains are a little messed up right now, a little slow to develop and things. And we, we see that all over the place. You know, I have a friend that owns a, a, a couple of restaurants. And he was telling me that, you know, they're running into issues with to-go orders. Not that people aren't ordering them, but the styrofoam boxes to put the food in. Oh, wow. Okay? So so that's a supply chain issue, right? So they're having to figure out other ways. So, you know, you take a look at that and you're like, wow, it's all over when, when supply chains get, get messed up like that. I so, just borrow one from the next restaurant over this, across the street, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but that, that also creates inflation. You know, because now you've got consumers demanding more of it, people can raise prices on it all. And and it just happens all along the way because all of a sudden, you know, his supplier's raising prices because they don't have enough and he's got to pass it on. And that, that creates the triggering event. So we're going to have to wait to see how this stuff plays out with it all. So you've got inflation in one, one camp. You've got corporate earnings in the other camp. Mm-hmm. Right, and then on the side you've got you've got taxes as well, which is you know there's there, with with this inflation pressure coming right now. There's there seems to be a lot of uh, pressure on the tax conversation. So we'll have to wait right. to see how the Biden administration actually handles some of these tax issues there. Mm-hmm. So, but when you take a look at breaking down the the earnings reports, very very strong, very very good, very very positive as far as uh, you know anticipation goes. So all in all, you know if inflation stays tampered down and taxes do as well, the markets could uh, could be in a for 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 uh, you know a reasonable type of a year this year. There's no guarantees on any of that at all, but you know it's important now, especially during these times of volatility, to make sure you understand what you own, know what you own, know what's inside your ETFs, your mutual funds. Are you in the right stocks as far as the sectors go? Are you in a sector now that during an an economic expansion, rising interest rates in the bond market, are those stocks going to be doing well or are they not going to be doing well? What sector is the one that's going to be doing well right now? What's What's a good sector to be in? Well, you know, when, when I get that question, Chris, a lot, what sector should we be in, I have to push that question back. And we had a, we had a big discussion uh, with, with, with this exact question here not too long ago and, and, and with some people. And, and I want to push that question back because we get that question all the time. Where should I be right now? 
Okay, mm-hmm. where should I be investing today? And the 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 question is is actually asked incorrectly. The question needs to be asked in in threefold. <clears throat> in other words, hey Larry, I want to make an investment, and I want this investment to be long term, or I want it to be short range, or I want it to be um, mid range. Okay. So when you take a look at a longer-term position, you're looking at at what we would call just a long-term view on the economy, 7, 10-plus years out. What is the theme of that type of an investment, okay? Where do you want to be? Like take a look at healthcare. you know, take a look at technology, take a look at all the advancements in healthcare and technology, and many, many more still to come right, uh, and, and, and break down all those different sectors. You know, we as a human race are not done developing healthcare and or technology, especially when you combine them together. So that is sort of a long-term theme in a sector that you probably want to be there and ride the ups and downs along the way. Well, that the makes second- sense. I was just wondering about the myopic version of it, like being myopic about this and saying, I would really like to see big gains in which sector because it's going to do well today. You know, I'll get there. Yep, I'll yeah, get there in a second. Yep, and then the second, the second part is you take a look at the business cycle. What stage of the business cycle are we in? Are we in the beginning, the middle, or the end cycle of the stage mm-hmm. of the business cycle? And we can argue right now that we are sort of one step in the in the beginning of a, of a business cycle and one step in the middle part of a, of a business cycle. So, what are the sectors that do well in that, coupled with your you. long range theme? And then what you're talking about now, Chris, is more of a short term type of a play, more of a, a more of a tactical type of a play. Mm-hmm. Where can we be in right now? Maybe industrials, maybe maybe transports, things like that, that are going to take advantage of a, a bump of inflation as well as a reopening when it, when it comes to all of that. And so you, you really need to find, you know, what, what your answer is uh, to that. It's a good question, but, but the answer comes in thirds yeah, as, gotcha. as far as all that goes. Yeah. Hey, let's go ahead and keep the phone lines open. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Wendy on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Wendy. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Okay. I'm calling to get some information about a firm. I'm thinking of doing business with Abish Financial Services. And by what what I mean by that is uh, retirement planning. And I'm wondering if they are a reputable firm and what kind of information can you give me about them? Uh, well, in Ashburn, Virginia. So, you know, you, you one of the ways that you can test to find out if they're a reputable firm is how did you come across them to begin with? Were they a referral from a friend, a relative? Were they highly referred to you? You can also check on broker check for their, their records. <clears throat> and, and then, you know, there, there's a list of questions that you as a consumer should, should be prepared to ask a, a future financial advisor or advisory firm. You know, what, what is your – how do you get compensated? How many times a year will we meet? Will you work with me from a financial plan? Do you have discretion trading capability on my accounts? What is your philosophy? Do I look like your typical client or am I an outlier? Okay. Will I have access to you or will I be talking to your staff all the time? How does that work its way out? Um, you know, on, on service issues, they should probably talk to your staff versus to the financial advisor. Um, what is your buy-sell decision process? In other words, how, do you, how can you explain to me 
when you're going to make changes in the portfolio. Why are you going to make changes in the portfolio? Do I get a phone call first, right? These are a lot of the questions that if I was interviewing a financial advisor, I would ask. What does your track record look like? Um, you know, that, that type of stuff. Well, what happens if I have a, a stock or a mutual fund that I own now and I want to keep? Can you still manage that for me? Uh, what are the fees involved with all of this? Uh, are there costs every time that you buy and sell something for me? So, so those, the, those, Wendy's, you know, is a big, long list of things. If you want, I'll be happy to send you out a list. I've done actually a radio show on that before in the past. I'm sure I could dig it up and send it out to you. But that's a good way that you can go about, um, you know, and, and I would interview them. You know, and, and a lot of it is, you know, there, there's, there's, there's two types of value when it comes to working with a financial advisor. The, one is the value of advice, and the second one is, well, yeah, you've got to perform in the markets as well, okay? And if, and if you, you sit down and you talk to them and they're just talking about market returns and this and that and all that kind of stuff, you know, I, I start asking questions about advice. You know, hey, if, if at some point down the road I need to be referred to a CPA or to an estate planning attorney, or if I want help on on deciding if I want to if I want to buy or lease a car, or if I want to refinance my mortgage, you know, are you going to be in a position to help me and encompass all of that in, into an active financial plan? Those would be the questions that I would ask. Okay. Okay, I would love to have that list if you still want to send it to me. Sure. Let me go ahead and put you on hold, and we'll have somebody reach out to you next week and sort of give you the, the, the Q&A questions of, of questions to, to interview a financial planning firm. Appreciate the phone call, Wendy. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. 
You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. You are listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show. The phone number is 855-767-3123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal, who is in studio with us today, live and in red color. Red broadcast kettle looking good today. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Larry. You like my red shirt, don't you, Chris? I do like that red shirt. You know, yeah, Maybe I'm like those dogs. Red. Red's a big thing for me. I don't know. It's red. It's definitely red. <laughs> it is so. red. Yep. Hey, let's keep those phone calls rolling in. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Julie on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Julie. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can I help you? Sure. Well, I'm uh, in my late 40s. I've been working with a financial advisor uh, to be ready to buy my first home in the next couple years, paying off debt, almost done with my student loan, and I'm in the midst of building a down payment. Um, but now with all the housing prices that are just kind of crazy, um, I'm not sure if I should push that horizon out or think about a different kind of down payment or um, what to do in the next couple of years about a first new home. Well, Julie, there, when it comes to buying real estate, um, you, you need to ask the question, is this going to be an investment or is it going to be where I'm going to raise my family? Is it going to be shelter? And Yes, we still want to make money on it, but you know you are correct in that identifying that you will be buying it now at, at the top of a market, and there's a couple of factors involved with that. One is low interest rates on it, and two, it is uh, the 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 inventory is very very small because a lot of people are are moving to to bigger homes because they're working at home now, and they're moving to where they want to be. And then you also take a look at the supply chains of of inventory, like wood and labor and all that kind of you know building materials, is is uh, very limited based off of demand today. So all of that factor together is raising the the prices on homes. <clears throat> There's one thing for sure: real estate will go up and down, just like any other market in its own business cycle. Uh, so you have to sort of guess, ask the question. You know, look. If, if we have a recession, if the recession were to hit next week, then real estate prices are going to start to drop, okay, because we'll end up with more supply than we will demand. That's a good time to start buying, right? But at the same time, if you're at the point in life where you want to start buying now because of whatever your family situation and desires and goals are, you, you just have to also accept the fact that if you buy it right now in maybe three years or five years or whatever it is, the economy pulls back, the value of that home could drop a little bit, but it's only on paper. But if you're looking to stay in this home for a longer period of time, most likely you'll be okay. But if you're looking at it from an investment standpoint and you want to make sure it's working every single year, growing, 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 then it could be a hesitant time to purchase it right now. Does that kind of give you some clarity on that? It does. Thank you. The other factor is I'm, a, I'm about to put a child through college who's going to live at home the first two years but then does want to be in a dorm. And I'm wondering for your thoughts on the cost-benefit of dorm living, if it really is throwing money away when that could be invested into a home where he can, you know, um, invest or something like that. So 
that's another. So I've, I've seen, yeah, I've seen lots of people over the years, many, many people, as a matter of fact, take, uh, you know, where their children go to school or their grandkids go to school, whatever the case may be, where where they will, they'll, they'll buy a condo or a townhouse in there and have the, the student live there uh, with some friends. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of times that it, that it pays off pretty well. Sometimes it doesn't, and that depends on the real estate cycle of when the child's actually in school as far as that goes. But you know the the big thing here is when you're looking at <clears throat> at these homes at doing this you know not not the investment f- for the school that's a different story but the investment for your house is it's all about the cash flow and and stop and think about this for a second if if you get into a home and and let's suppose the the home is is has equity inside of it right but you don't have the the desire to sell it and the values go down who really cares just like if the values go up, who really cares if you don't have the desire to sell it? Because it's it's all about the cash flow and the lifestyle and living there. And that's really what you have to take a look at. So if so if the if due to interest rates being so low and accommodative these days, if you're able to push yourself into a home today and you can manage the cash flow on all of that and give yourself the question and ask yourself, well, what happens if the real estate value drops ten percent? you know, five years from now or whatever the case may be, three years, whatever whatever it may be, are you still going to be okay with that payment? So you want to make sure that you're getting your, your interest rate locked in right there. One thing's for sure, though, in real estate, taxes and insurance, they usually tend to go up as far as payments go. Um, so, sure. so, you know, it really boils down to a, you know, a financial plan objective as to, to length of time on all of that. And if you want, I'll be happy to send you out our financial planning toolkit. You could take a look at, at sort of drawing a line in the sand and getting a little bit more details on all of that. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, this is great perspective. I appreciate it. Sure. Let me put you on hold and Bob will get some of your contact information. We'll have someone reach out to you next week with a follow-up on that. Appreciate the phone call, Julie. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. And stay tuned, too. We're going to be announcing some more webinars that we're going to be doing uh, some part in in, in, uh, the second half of June. We'll be coming up with some more of them. So visit our website at LarryRosenthal.com. Follow us on our on our Facebook page, like us there, and check us out on our newsletter. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter. It's free. There's no cost. That's what free means, right, Chris? <laughs> I and, like free. Free's a great yep, word. Free's a good deal, My right? Favorite sport letter ice word. cream too. Yep. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so this sort of falls under the heading of no place to go. No place to go for yield. If I wanted to make an investment and start to receive income from that investment. If my objective today was to receive income from the investment, growth being secondary, where can I go? Where can I get that type of an investment today in this in what we call a yield-starved environment? This is a dividend-based kind of a thing, right? Or something like a that. A dividend, yield, interest earnings. What do you want to call it? Yeah, yeah, so let's let's just shop around a little bit here. Let's take a look at the banks, right? If we were to put money in the bank, what's our rate of return these days, Chris? Damn. Pretty low, right? Yeah, not if good. not zero. Not good. Well, what happens if we were to put money into stocks? And we got the typical dividend rate of, you know, the S&P 500. You know, where, where would that be? You know, about 1.3%. Yeah, not a whole lot. Either. That's not a lot yeah. given the volatility of stocks going up and down. 
What about if we were to buy individual bonds? You know, if we were to buy a, a you know a ten year Treasury bond, we'd be at one point six percent. Do we want to lock our money up for ten years for that length of time? Right? You know, so so where do we go inside the yield starved environment? What do we do if we want if we're in a position now where we don't want to spend principal, but we want to employ interest income, dividends, yield? And live off of them, right? Boy, it sounds like a, whatever you can come up with. If there's something in there, that's going to be there. Good. There are places that we can come up with different things. So we'll Sweet. be talking about that. I see we have to take a quick break here, um, but uh, so let's keep the phone lines open. We'll be talking about that on the other side of the break. So give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. And we'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares you want to keep buying more and more shares over time on the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. 855-767-3123 is the number to call. 855-ROSE-123 to be live with Larry Rosenthal with any of the questions that you have on your portfolio today. Larry. So, Chris, in Matthew 6, verse 24, says, No one can serve two masters. Either he, either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, right? No. And then in Proverbs chapter 23, verses 4 and 5, do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust in your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches, and they are gone, for they will surely sprout rings, wings and fly away like an eagle, right? You know, so we can't scripture. put our faith and trust into money, yeah. right? Not at all. For it's the Lord who gives us the ability to create wealth, and we need to honor him with it first. First and foremost, you Amen. know, you cannot serve two masters at all. And we talk a lot about money, but we have to on this show. But we also have to remember who owns it and what our role as a good steward is with the dollars and the wealth in all different forms that the Lord gives us um, to to witness to people so that they see the Lord reflected in our lives. So and then getting back to some of this math here, talking that. about yield, right? Where can we go to get yield? 
And the idea is this, you know, you, 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 you talk to your parents, your grandparents, and they say, we want to live off our dividends, right? And that's the deal, right? Well, today it's very, very low. And that was as a result a long time ago. We're not going to get into all this of the 1987 Tax Reform Act and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, dividends are very low these days in yield. We are in a yield-starved environment. So what can someone do if they don't want to sell shares each month to deliver the income that they need, right? Well, we're not talking about an annuity on this show today. I was wondering although, if that name was going to come yep, up. We're, we're not going to go there. We're going to go a different way today, although annuities are, are you know, I was speaking with, with somebody this past week who's in the industry, and we, you know, he, he, uh, you know, I'm an advisor who says, yes, sometimes an annuity is appropriate. Sometimes it's not. There are other advisors out there that will never put a client into an annuity, and there are advisors out there that always put clients into an annuity, okay? So that's just the great debate on all that. But what I want to highlight today is sort of infusing cash, infusing investment money into your portfolio without selling off shares and without using an annuity. So we're looking at interest. We're looking at dividends. We're looking at yield. How does that work when we're in a yield-starved environment? Well, not everybody's starving, right? There are, there are stocks out there that are producing yield. There's a whole list of high-dividend stocks whose primary investment objective is current income. Growth is secondary. Growth is secondary. These are stocks that say, hey, we're going to pay 3 5 8 10% dividends, okay? And they're, all, they're in all different sectors. They're, they're in uh, real estate sectors. They're, they're, there's just all different types of sectors that are inside of these. Are you um, talking about single stocks or are you talking about like an ETF I'm, around? I'm talking about single stocks wow. as well as some ETFs and even some closed-end mutual funds too, okay. Chris. Okay. You know, but, but these, are, these are, are publicly traded REITs. There's two types of REITs. There's a public and there's a private. Personally, I'm not fan of the private. I like liquidity, transparency. Um, you know, I want to know what the stock price is. Uh, and you can protect with downside uh, uh, stop losses on these things as well. And so you've got, you've got <clears throat> REITs that, that are, that are uh, in shopping malls, apartment buildings, medical facilities, self-storage facilities, which are be pretty popular because people buy and buy and buy, right, Chris? They buy more stuff. Right. They put stuff in storage, right? Not okay, enough room for that extra RV in your driveway, eh? Yep, yep. Hotels, you know, timberland REITs, cell tower REITs, all different types, and these things generate There's income. cell tower REITs? Yes, there's <laughs> okay. a lot. Okay, this is how people, this is how industry per grows money, okay, in order to make the investment, all right? So, so it's very interesting, and, and when you stop and you boil these different sectors of REITs down, all right, <clears throat> you can find that they're paying pretty reasonable rates of return. Now, there's volatility in principle with these. So the principle goes up and down, bounces all around, Chris, but, but the investment objective income, right? is income first, yeah. principle stability is not you know, a concern there. You know, who cares if your investment – think about this. Who cares if, if you've got $100,000 in an investment, all right, and let's suppose for simple math it's yielding, five, yielding you 5%. So it's paying you $5,000 a year, right? Okay. Well, what happens if the principal drops to $95,000? You're still getting your income yeah, from it. Yeah, it's still coming in, yeah. Well, what's your primary investment objective? Income. Income. Yeah. What if your primary investment objective was growth? 
Different then story. you wouldn't be in that type of an investment. Different story. Yeah. And what we see a lot of times is people saying, hey, you know what? I've got to try to generate X amount of dollars to supplement my income, supplement my retirement scenario, whatever the case may be. And, and you can take a look at some of these high dividend paying stocks and or REITs in order to generate that. And then you can put you know, protection mechanisms, they're called stop losses and trailing stop losses, underneath them to protect if, the, if it does drop down. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of both worlds there. So my point is this, is that there's actually six or seven ways to fuse income into your retirement portfolio that you can extract without selling off ownership of shares or replenishing the ownership of shares at some point as well. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting when people start to make the study of, well, how do I start? How do I get income for my retirement portfolio? You know, we had a caller earlier today ask about how do you, how do you interview? How do you shop around for a financial advisor? That'd be one of the questions I'd ask. You know, can you explain to me the three phases of financial planning, the accumulation phase, the distribution phase, and then the legacy phase. And phase two, the distribution phase, that's what we're talking about now, Chris, is, is, sure. is you know, that's the, mo- that, that's, that's the most expensive phase because that's when a lot of taxes get involved with things. And now all of a sudden you're sitting here going, hey, I'm sitting on the couch, <laughs> right, and I'm not working and I need income coming in. Mm. How do I do this? These would be questions to, to, to interview, uh, you know, if that caller's still listening, your, your perspective, uh, uh, you know, firm. And, and, and for those of you that are working with advisors right now and, and those of you that are not, what is your game plan to infuse cash into your portfolio in a yield-starved environment? And, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, we're not going to see interest rates rise to, to, to where bank CDs are paying 4 and 5% anytime soon. Mm. Not anytime soon. We're going to be in a low for long environment when it comes to interest rates. We really are. Okay. Even if inflation starts to run away, the Fed will jump in and tamp yeah. it down. Yeah. But 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 it's going to be a while before we start to see rates really climb back up again to the point where where the where the saver and by saver I mean the bank CD owner is satisfied with his or her yield on it. Can I ask you a question, Larry? Um, when do you make this shift? I mean, I know that you're planning to retire. Is it when you walk out the door, all of a sudden, I need to flip all my investments? Or is there a, there's a lot of planning going on in there, isn't there? There's a lot of planning that goes on before that, Chris, when you mm-hmm. flip your investments from growth to income. You do it slowly? Do you fast? You do it slowly over time. Yeah. Yep. One of the things that we do at our firm is when we have our clients in a, in a growth model, we also have them in a growth and income position in the model, too, so that when they're ready to retire, we've already got that thing built up pretty good as a war chest because when people first retire, they've got to start receiving income, in most cases, from their investments. But the problem that they have is let's suppose you retire at 65. Just pick an age. You've still got to live to 75, 85, and 95. You've still got 30 years of growth in front of you where the, where the majority of your money still has to outpace both taxes and inflation over that period of time. So you've got to have you know, sort of two or three lanes of traffic, if you will, when it comes to building your retirement income or retirement distribution portfolio uh, you know, all along the way. But the rule is the closer you are in time to needing your money, the more conservative those dollars have to be positioned, okay? Mm-hmm. And then they have to produce income. And so now we're sitting here and we're going, well, wait a minute, Larry. 
we're in a yield-starved environment. How are we going to derive that income? You know, and again, today I thought I'd talk about that a little bit without using, you know, an, an annuity. An annuity will, will work that way very, very well, okay, but you are you are committing a pile of dollars mm -hmm. uh, inside that product, whereas what we were just describing, you're committing that money inside of certain investment vehicles. Like REITs. Okay, that mm -hmm. are liquid, whereas an annuity typically is not liquid for you. Okay. Question on so REITs, there's though? there's pros and cons on both sides of that. Yes. With regards to REITs, um, what is there volatility in them as far as uh, that is concerned as well, at different beta rates and all of that as well? Yes, yes. Yeah. There, there's there's volatility in, inside of them. They're sub, they're very sensitive to interest rate movements in the market, mm -hmm. and then you have them in different sectors. You know, I talked about rents, private prop. You know, uh, uh, you know, commercial real estate, uh, movie theaters, cell towers, timberlands. You know, just all different types of things. Energy, right? They're subject to whatever um, economic forces, good or bad. Uh, in affect that particular sector that they're in. So it's, it's a very interesting thing, and, and these are, you know, this is where the art and the skill of, of learning how to design an income production portfolio really comes in play. And you can also use closed-end funds, too. They, they typically have, have more of a growth component and an income, higher income component than your typical garden variety balance type of a mutual fund out there. Can you so, explain what a closed-end fund actually is? Sure. Well, there's two types of mutual funds, Chris. There's an open-end mutual fund and a closed-end mutual fund. And when you buy a mutual fund, it's sort of assumed you're buying an open-ended mutual fund. So, so you put money into a, you know, let's say, say, say you put $10,000 into a mutual fund, right? And then you want to pull the money back. You just take the $10,000 out, right? The mutual fund actually redeems your shares for you. They will buy them back for you and give you the cash, whereas a closed-end mutual fund, you buy shares of that, and then when you want to get out of it, you sell those shares in the secondary market. Okay, So you say, hey, I'm putting ten grand in, and I want to sell the money out now. There's going to be a buyer on the other side. The fund company is not going to redeem the shares back for you. Okay, hmm. um, and that's a whole other conversation on design. But but you know when you take a look at an open-ended mutual fund, they have to carry a certain amount of cash for redemptions, hmm. and that creates performance drag because that money sitting in a money market account not growing with all the stocks, right? Yeah, they got to cover it. So yeah, so there's a lot involved with all of this when you when you boil it down and take a look at really crunching the numbers and things, you know. And that's why I always talk about. There's pros and cons to all different investment vehicles, ETFs and ETNs, mutual funds, options. Option strategies are another way that you can simply employ cash into your retirement portfolio. And, and, and all option strategies are not aggressive and risky. There's a couple of them that are very, very simple uh, to do. You are dealing with equities, so you do have the equity volatility risk, but you can use supporting stop losses underneath as well. So, so, so again, five or six different ways that you can infuse cash or infuse money into your portfolio without having to sell off shares of ownership.
So very interesting there. Hey, if you want to get some information on all this, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention on YouTube, check, it, check us out. You can see how we stream the show live on LarryRosenthal.tv. Yep, there's Bob waving in the back, okay, uh, answering the phones. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. If any of your financial planning or investment questions at all, 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more. Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401K plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives. sound financial advice you can depend on you found the larry rosenthal show call now with your questions 855-767-3123 or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. this is the larry rosenthal show well welcome back to the larry rosenthal show if you'd like to dial in 855-767-3123 855-ROSE-123 to talk to larry rosenthal in studio with us here today it's uh, 855-767-3123. Larry. Chris, getting back to, to one of the questions you asked, uh, you know, I, I thought about it here at the break. We, we also want to address what's called sequencing risk. In other words, when you get ready to retire, do you think the economy and the stock market is going to cooperate with your time frame? Absolutely. They're going to just bend to my knee. They're going to do That's exactly, exactly what, I, what I thought, Chris. But <laughs> mine and Bob's, maybe not, right? Yeah, no, you okay. guys, you know, I don't know. You know? So, so, so you, you have to sort of take a look at, at where your investments are and, and, and sort of time out what's happening in the markets and the economy as to how you're going to start pulling dollars out when you go to retire. And that's why, you know, when you get closer to that retirement date, you know, let's, let's say, you know, we, we typically meet with our clients two to four times a year in our office, okay, or Zoom or whatever it is. We have clients all over the country. We have for years and years. So we've been doing Zoom meetings before, you know, before uh, COVID hit anyway with, with people. And so when you take a look at, um, uh, you know, let, let's suppose somebody was going to retire in, in 2025. And they typically have three meetings a year with us, you know, just as an example. Well, we'll keep on doing that. But when it gets to 2023, we might increase that to four or five meetings. 2024, same thing. And even after they retire, same higher number number of meetings to make sure 
income is being delivered correctly, tax situations are, are being managed correctly, the whole nine yards, and then after we manage through that period of time, then back down to maybe three times a year or something like that. So, so as you see big events coming up, then you want to have more frequency in meetings, taking a look at, at, at you know, what is the market's going to be doing? Because if you retire at, at a, at, and, and the market's in a downward movement, the economy's contracting, the market's in a downward movement, you know, is that good? Probably not in a lot of cases, right? So, so you know, sequencing of timing, sequencing of risk, all of that kind of stuff is very important to really take a good, solid look at it. So, hey, let's go ahead and welcome Kevin on the line from Michigan. Good morning, Kevin. How are you today? Good. How are you, Larry? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? Um, so I was wondering, I have, I just bought a house in this crazy market. Free listing is pretty, pretty wonderful to get that, but. Um, I'm starting grad school in August, and I was just curious. Um, I have a, some cash saved up, about twenty grand, and I was wondering what I should do, whether I should save up for grad school or whether I should put more towards my mortgage payments per month. Well, I think that you would probably have a better return on investment with with grad school because you're going to be able to have carry that degree longer with you. Um, to give you elevated income for a longer period of time than to put more money towards your mortgage payment now. You know, there's, there's, Kevin, there's nine different ways to, to answer the question of how do I manage my equity versus my mortgage payment. I've taught seminars on this. And, and what you have to understand is this, is mortgages are simple interest on declining balances. Okay, simple interest on declining balances and investments are compound interest on appreciating sums, right? So, so if the calc, if you go by the calculator, it's going to tell you, hey, you know what? Pay the mortgage off over time and don't add extra money to the to the property. Okay, um, but I would probably look at trying to put the money towards grad school if that's what you wish to do to further your education to put you in a better job competitive scenario because your income is going to be higher all along, along the way uh, that that's that's the vote that I would do based off of this information right here that I have sure would you would you recommend any investing while I'm in grad school or strictly just be putting money towards um, the loans I'll be taking out for grad school well, you know, the, 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 the <laughs> that's a great question. And so, so uh, I'll tell you, I'll, uh, again, I'll, I, if, if I brought in 100 financial advisors across the country into the studio right now, uh, the first third are going to tell you, you know, uh, don't invest at all, pay the grad school off. The next third are going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Invest as much as you can because it's appreciating sums, compound interest, okay? And the middle third are going to be sort of on the fence. And, 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 you know, I understand the math on, on both sides of all of this. Personally, what I would say, what I usually tell clients in a scenario like this is if you have a bill that's due at a certain point in time, why do you want to risk that money? Okay. Let's just assume that, that, that you've got a tuition payment that's due. Let's, let's just do simple math. 10 grand so I can do math easy here on the air. Okay. And let's assume that it's due. Uh, December of this year, right? And you've got ten grand, and you say, you know what? I want to put it in the market. And I say, okay, we put it in the market. And what do you think you're going to earn? Let's say ten percent between now and then. That's a thousand dollars. 
What happens if you lose 10%? Now you got nine grand to pay a $10,000 bill. So I'm the type that sort of says, you know what? If you've got a bill that's due short term and you've got the money, stick it in a place that's guaranteed and you don't have to risk it. You don't have to worry about it. That's my personal bias on that. But again, other advisors are going to tell you, no, juice it up, try to make a little bit of interest on all of that. That really boils down, Kevin, to your own risk tolerance, okay? And one of the problems that we have in this particular question, and it's shown study after study for decades and decades, is investors always have rose-colored glasses, and they always think the bad stuff's going to happen to the other guy, right? Okay, my investment's going to work out, okay? So, so I learned a long time ago, if you've got a bill that's due and you've got the cash, stick it in the bank. That's just my personal bias on, on this scenario right there, okay? Okay. Yep. Well, I appreciate your time, Larry. Thank you for the help. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Hey, congrats on, on buying a house. You know, is the interest rate fixed? Fixed mortgage on the rate? Yep. Oh. So I got it at 3, 3.25% um, fixed. And Great. that was a conventional loan. Great job. Just keep it there. Manage the property, you know, and, and just keep it going and rolling. And, and congrats on the grad school decision. Uh, and, you know, pay off that, that student loan as soon as you possibly can and, and then start banking money, um, you know, and, and make sure that any excess dollars that you can afford, you've got a firm foundation in the bank with savings, three to six months of expenses, and then start investing from there. And take a look at your sure. longer-term investing strategies, your themes, technology, healthcare, transportation, that type of stuff. Okay? You got it. Thanks so much, Larry. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Kevin. I'm going to put you on hold, and I'm going to have Bob send you out our financial planning toolkit, which is going to sort of draw a line in the sand and say, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where will I be down the road? And start you building out a financial plan. I'm going to put you on hold, and Bob will get that information out to you. Appreciate the phone call, Kevin. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any of your financial planning or investment questions. Check us out on our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our Facebook and like us there and follow us on our, and uh, sign up for our newsletter as well. We'll be announcing some webinars that will be coming up here soon in June. Uh, you know, so we, we enjoy doing these webinars. We've been doing it uh, a, uh, uh, for, for many, many years now, seminars and webinars, and, and uh, get people from all over the country on there. I wanted to talk today, Chris, also about some of the areas, some of the financial blind spots, common mistakes, if you will, that that we see people making all the time. We'll lead off the show next week with that. We've we've got uh, just a few moments left on the show here today, but you know, talking about what's the proper way to analyze your Social Security benefits. Big decision there. Talking about pension decisions, right? Talking about you know, do I need long-term care insurance or not? What to do with life insurance policies that I've carried for years and years, and I don't know if I need them anymore right how do charitable giving play in how does charitable giving play into our role when it comes to our personal family's financial plan you know are there ways are there charities how does you know i always hear that there's friendly parts of the tax code with deductions yeah there are you know friendly it, parts to the tax code that's exactly right there is a friendly part of the yeah. tax code chris oh, okay. that is for sure i take you know? your word for it um, you know, but but you know, another thing too in the area of advice, when people retire, 
where are you going to get your social interaction with lunch? Who are you going to have lunch with each day, right? You know, so there's a lot to be involved when it comes to the whole nine yards of uh, financial planning and, and, and wealth management and things like that. So, hey, I see we gotta, uh, we've got some callers on the line. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, stay in studio for a few minutes afterwards and answer those calls. Uh, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We've got, uh, I don't know where the countdown clock is, Chris. But for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense.